0: Enjoy the message.
1: My name is Manolo. I'm one of the pillar pastors here at Dayspring Church. And once again, we want to welcome you to our Sunday celebration as we gather to celebrate Jesus. And Jesus, 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 Jesus. Amen. We also want to welcome those who are watching us online. You know, I read a study on fear. And they say that the number one fear that people have is speaking in public. Number two is death. That means people would rather be placed in a casket six feet under than to speak publicly. So, <laughs> I pray I, I will be able to convey what God has placed in my heart. Amen. Our uh, our pastor, Pastor Nestor, is not with us. He's at La Iglesia, or the church on the way, uh, the Spanish church. He is preaching the 8, the 9.30, uh, the 11, and the 12.30 service. So, he's already probably preached his second service, so he's not taking a day off he's at La iglesia preaching and so I have the awesome opportunity to come and minister the Word of the Lord to you how many are ready to hear God's Word Amen. uh, we just had a wonderful time worshiping and blessing the Lord in song and worship now I believe that God has something special and something awesome for each and every one of us so let's open up our hearts our minds especially our ears that God that we would listen to the voice of the Lord for when God speaks he speaks And I pray that God will use my lips of clay to be able to speak words of power and wisdom. You know, we we begin the year with a series, Don't Get Stuck. (laughs) Anybody ever been stuck? Yeah, stuck, right? Uh, Sometimes we're stuck in a rut or stuck in the freeway or, or stuck in a test, right? And some things are just beyond our control, right? But when it comes to spiritual matters, we get stuck sometimes, and it's it's because of our own doing. We can get unstuck. And God will allow us to move in our lives to get unstuck. And so today I want to talk to you about growing in the knowledge of God. You know, about a year and a half ago in... 2021, I ran the marathon with Pastor Nestor. And after the marathon, I was running for about, oh, I went for a quick five-mile run. And about a mile into my run, I felt something in my leg. Didn't know what it was. Okay. And, and when you're a runner, they say, don't push through it because it might be something serious. But I thought I, I thought it's just some sort of cramp that I have. And, and so I, I stretched and I pulled. Uh, I was stretching and I said, oh, I'm going to go run. And I ran another quarter of a mile and I just couldn't run I had to walk all the way home. Finally went to the doctor about three months later and you know they gave me 600 milligrams of Motrin and you know finally six months into my injury they gave me an MRI which which they said I had a muscle that was torn and uh, they gave me two cortisone shots and, and finally in December of last year, I went to physical therapy, and the, the, the doctor said, well, Manolo, you, you have an injury. You have to strengthen that muscle in order for it to heal faster. And so you're going to have to do these certain exercises, and they're 42 minutes a session. Yeah, I'm pretty disciplined, so I said, yeah, I, I, I could do it. But he said, you know, you're going to have to do your part. If you don't do your part, you're never going to heal. And so three, four times a week I do my part, and yes, I'm healing. I'm I'm feeling a lot better. You know, when it comes to spiritual matters, we have to do our own part. We can't allow ourselves to be on the wayside, allowing ourselves to be moved by every wind or wave that comes our way. If we want to grow in the knowledge and in the understanding of God, then we're going to have to do our part. And so today I want to talk to you about growing In the knowledge of God in Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 Hosea tells the people my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge another version says my people perish for lack of knowledge you know God's people had put God's law aside they didn't want anything to do with God they rejected knowledge they rejected God and as a result the Bible says that they were enslaved by the Assyrians you see, when we're stagnant, when we're still, and we don't allow ourselves to grow spiritually, that's what happens. The enemy of our soul comes and robs us of our joy and robs us of our peace. And so it's important for us to understand and to realize what God wants for each and every one of us. He wants us to grow. Now, I tell my wife that all the time. I want to grow, but I'm only five six, and I don't think I'm going to be growing anymore. but I'm talking about growing in the knowledge and in the understanding of God amen you know the the knowledge of God is, is at the heart of salvation knowing God is what God created each and every one of us for it will occupy us throughout eternity it's almost equivalent as salvation Jesus Christ said that eternal life or salvation involves knowing God. Amen. Look at what uh, John chapter 17 verse 3 says. He says, now this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Amen. Amen. So before we go into the message, what do you say we go before the Lord in prayer? Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for your wonderful love and mercy and grace. You have been so kind and so good to us, God. We come to this place with my brothers and my sisters, Lord, to uplift you in praise and worship in songs, Lord. And now, Lord, we prepare the table for you to serve God your word. And we ask, Lord, that we that we hunger, Lord, and thirst after righteousness so that you may fill us with your presence and your power. So that as we walk out of these four 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 walls, Lord, we may be witnesses of your power and your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you remain standing there in your outline, if you didn't receive an outline, uh, I believe the ushers, just raise your hands and the ushers will bring one. To you there in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 to 20 I believe they're gonna put it up here it says ever since I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere I have not stopped thanking God for you I pray for you constantly asking God the glorious father of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of who of God verse 18 I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who his holy people who are who are his rich and glorious inheritance I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor of God's right hand in the heavenly realms. And you may be seated in the name of Jesus. You know, the Apostle Paul has spent... The first part of his letter to the Ephesians, telling them who they are in Christ. If you read the first 15 verses of Ephesians, Paul had described many spiritual blessings that are found in Christ. He tells the Ephesians that they are chosen, that they are adopted, that they are redeemed, that they are sealed. But now Paul moves on into this section and describes what God wants for His people. And what does Paul tell the Ephesians? He tells the Ephesians that God wants us to grow in the knowledge and in the understanding of God. Paul wants them to grow in the knowledge of God. You know, Ephesians was an interesting church in that more letters were written to the Ephesians than any other church. I believe four letters were written. Paul, who founded this church in his second missionary trip, he wrote... uh, To the Ephesians commending them for their grace and and commending them because they were growing but then he writes to them again he writes the first and second letters to Timothy and and if we understand uh, Timothy Timothy was the pastor of the Ephesian church slowly but surely something began to happen in the Ephesian church their faith had eroded their knowledge of God had eroded so much so that When you look at Revelation, God, once again, Jesus Christ writes a letter to this Ephesian church. And he tells them, I know your works. You've been good. But then he writes, there's one thing I have against you. And that is that you have lost your first love. You know, A.W. Tozer's book, The Knowledge of the Holy. He writes what do you think about God what do you know about God is it true is it biblical is it shallow is it deep see what we think about God determines how we live what we live for what we believe who we worship what we value if we get God wrong then let me tell you that we get everything else wrong That's why Paul prayed the way he did for for this Ephesians, for the Ephesians. He prayed that they would have spiritual wisdom and insight. He prayed that they would grow in the knowledge of God. He prayed that they would have confidence and hope in God. He prayed that they would understand God's power in their lives and nothing has changed, my friend. God still wants us to grow spiritually. He wants us to have wisdom and insight. He, want us to, he wants us to grow in the knowledge of God. He wants us to understand the confident hope that we have in Jesus Christ. He wants us to understand that this world is not our home. Hallelujah. That when we depart this place, we will be with him in glory. He wants us to understand God's power in our lives. You know, we live in an age of information. Everything is at our hands. You know, if you don't know something, you'll just ask Google. I remember when I was 10 years old, and I don't know if my brother uh, Sergio remembers this, but you know, they used to have these door to door salesmen. And I remember there was a knock on the door, and my mom opened the door, and it was a salesman. He was selling encyclopedias. How many of you remember encyclopedias? Yeah, I know. The millennials are what? What is that? You know, just the A's were like 30, 40 books. And those encyclopedias would set you back at least. and I'm talking about 40 years ago, so do the math, you'll know how old I am. I mean, you had to have a bookshelf to hold all these books. But now everything is at our hands. If we want to know something, we'll just ask Google or Wikipedia, right? Everything's at our hands. Yet there is still biblical illiteracy or ignorance. They say that we are living in the most most edu- that that this time we are living in the most uh, educated time in our history you know Jay Leno who used to host the Tonight Show he did a man on the street it, it was a type of interview in which he asked young people questions about the Bible and he asked two college-aged women he asked can you name one of the Ten Commandments and one replied, freedom of speech. <laughs> Mr. Leno said to the other, complete this sentence. Let him who is without sin. And her response was, have a good time. <laughs> then Jay Leno turned to a young man and asked, who, according to the Bible, was we eaten by a whale? And the confident answer was Pinocchio. You know, it's no wonder why morality is in trouble and I wonder how many of those who sit in this church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday morning can answer these simple questions even more seriously even if they could answer the question I wonder how many can understand the significance of the Bible's teaching in our modern world and apply it to their lives You know, Peter had the same heartbeat as Paul when he gives the following commandment. And they're going to put it up there. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, he says, Always, everybody say always. Always Always be prepared. You know, we're, we're, we're prepared, you know. We buy life insurance. We buy health insurance. We buy home insurance. You know, preppers, they buy food stored away because they think that the end of the earth is near. We prepare for everything. And Peter says always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who who asks to give excuse me to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that is if we, that you have but do this with gentleness and respect. You know it's interesting. You know we, we have what we call cancel culture. And cancel cultures where people Are much quicker to write someone off for something they said long, long ago. You know, no second chances. I could have said something 30 years ago, and and I, I would be canceled. And so much has been politicized too. I mean, your your views on race, immigration, borders, guns, marijuana, sexual orientation, religious affiliation, and police. Move people to make assumptions about you and put you in a stereotype group so so that they could label you for or against you. You know, tribes are becoming uh, more and more the new identity, who you are. And you know who's behind this? I'm going to tell you who's behind this. Satan is behind this. The enemy of our soul is behind this. And you know what Satan's playbook is? Satan's playbook is, is normalized homosexuality, normalized abortion, or inf- infanticized, normalized transgenderism, normalized pedophilia, and child abuse. And how is Satan doing this? I'll tell you how he's doing it. He's doing it through music. He's doing it through movies, through TV shows, through social mu- through social media. And simultaneously, he's demonizing marriage. He's demonizing motherhood. He's demonizing fatherhood. I got to tell you, I, I went to my son's school because he had, a, he had a, a dentist appointment. And I walked into my son's school and I said, I'm here to pick up Caleb. And the young lady that was behind the desk said, are you the non-birthing parent? Now, we were at school, so I thought I'd play along. And I said, I'm not a prefix, I'm a noun. I'm his father. And she wasn't having anything. She said, are you the non-birthing parent? I said, no, I'm the father. Caleb is my son. You see, there is a war of ideology and worldviews. Parents, our children are being, being taught secularism, they're they're being taught Marxism, they're they're being taught postmodernism, the new spirituality, they're they're being taught Islam. And so my question is how is your faith doing in the midst of them? Are you ready to navigate through these ideologies and worldwide views with the fr- with the strong faith grounded in God's word and in God's scripture? I mean could you answer the questions about your faith could you answer the questions about your faith if someone were to ask you is heaven real is hell real where 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 are you gonna go after you die what does it mean to be born again are you ready to give an answer could you defend your faith against other religious when the Mormons come and say, Do you know that Jesus is the brother, the spirit brother of Lucifer? When the Mormons come and say, Yes, do you know that you can inherit a planet and make many babies there? Can you defend your faith when the Jehovah's Witnesses say Jesus is not the Almighty God, but a small God? He is the Archangel Michael? No, He is not the Archangel. He is the almighty God. Jesus Christ said, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. I am he who was dead, but yet I live forever. That's who Jesus Christ is. I mean, can you identify sound doctrine from false doctrines? When Joel Osteen, uh uh-oh. When Joel Osteen says that all religions lead to heaven, when you don't have to do anything, But just believe? No. Jesus is the only way. Not all religions lead to heaven. Buddhism doesn't lead to heaven. Islam doesn't lead to heaven. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, if you if you sneak in through the window, then you are a robber and a thief because Jesus is the only way to eternal life. Amen. Amen. Could you defend your faith against literature? That attracts an aspect of it I mean I don't mean to say that you need to be a theological scholar you know we we aren't called to be theological scholars but we are called to go deeper in the knowledge and in the understanding of who God is God has all we will always wanted his people to know him deeper He has always wanted his people to know him deeper, from God walking with Adam, to the giving of the Ten Commandments, Moses placing the knowledge of God's law in the center of his life, to providing direction through the prophets and the priests, praise God, to Jesus being the visible of the invisible God. Jesus often challenged his opponents when he said, do you not know? Have you not read? And when you read the epistles, Paul frequently encouraged us to go deeper and knowledge in his understanding with phrases like know this, we don't want you to be ignorant from start to end. The invitation and the expectation of God to each and every one of us is that we grow in the knowledge and in the understanding of who God is. We need to learn, we need to study, we need to grow, we need to know him deeper and better. We need to be ready to explain our faith. Can someone say amen? You you see, to be a strong church, to be a growing church, to be an effective church, to be a godly church, we must be a learning church. Yes. Maybe I need to say that again. To be a strong church, to be a growing church, to be an effective church, to be a godly church, we must be a learning church. Praise God. You know that here in Dayspring we have a library? Do you know that? Yeah, we do. It's right across from the vending machines in that room. And if you want to grow, there's thousands why well, I wouldn't say thousands of books but there's hundreds of books that you can pick from if you want a topic let's say Easter there's a book for you if you want to know Jesus there's a book for you take it read it bring it back there's a library there in that room to grow in the knowledge of Christ we are living in such a wonderful time where we're like I said we we have information at our hands where if we want to know something all we have to do is google it in and it'll give us the information but we need to discern what is right and what is righteous praise God and in order for us to do that we need to know and understand who God is and what God wants for each and every one of us can someone say amen Amen. you see what I'm trying to say is that we can't afford to be part-time Christians you know why because Satan is a full-time enemy yes when you know what you believe there are advantages that will come and so today I want to share seven seven things that will motivate you and the first thing is a deeper knowledge of God and scriptures how many have a Bible at home you know how many have a Bible at home Praise God I remember we used to have this huge Bible I think it was my brother Sergio's he's kind of a treasurer of uh, uh, pirate, you know, he goes out and looks for treasures, and I remember he brought this big Catholic Bible home. I mean, it was huge. Praise God! I, I remember a story of a of a man who came to came uh, came to church, and he was he was happy and he was excited, and he went to the pastor after church. He said, "Pastor, you know, I I lost a hundred bills about a year ago. He says, and and yesterday I was cleaning and, and I found them." and the pastor says well, where did you find it he says it was in my Bible <laughs> he hadn't opened up his Bible in a year having a deeper knowledge of God and the scriptures provides number one you can write this down provide substance to my faith look at what a Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says it's not there it says now faith is the assurance or the King James Version says or the substance of things hoped for the convictions of things that are not seen right. faith needs to be real it needs to be tangible you see without faith you, you you will live a life of struggles and your hope and your confidence will be cast out because your your faith gives you life gives you value gives you destiny stand firm on God's Word receive and trust what God has for you receive and trust what God has for you in his word Romans chapter 1 and verse 17 tells us for it is in the righteousness of God that is revealed from faith to faith and as it is written the just shall live by faith Martin Luther King said faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase You know before you can place trust in something or someone you need to know if it's trustworthy and you know what's trustworthy God's Word God's Word is trust trustworthy his word is trustworthy John chapter 17 and verse 17 says sanctify them through thy truth thy word King James version said is truth those who don't know the truth rely on emotions. They rely on feelings. They rely on someone else's opinions. You know? I, I remember I was walking out of church one time and there was a group of, uh, of people. They were, they were comparing their signs. One sister said, well, What are you? I'm an Arius. And you, I'm a Gemini. Oh, you're a lover. Oh, I'm a Sagittarius. Or, oh, we don't get along is that what it is (laughs) you know when we know God's Word when we rely on God's Word we realize and understand that those things are nothing but garbage are nothing but trash are nothing but no good to us praise God because we rely not on tarot cards or we don't rely in the start. We rely on the master who has given us his life, who has given us his joy, who has given us his peace, who has given us his mercy. We must rely on him and him alone. Can someone say amen? Yeah. We need to stop it. We need to go back to his word. Those of you who are who are not married and are hooking up, stop it. Praise God. Stop it it's not right his word is truth you know we have wishful thinking I heard someone say if if only mosquitoes can suck suck fat instead of blood that would be wonderful that's just wishful thinking right or have you heard this one I just know it's gonna happen no you don't scripture Hope is not wishful thinking. It's a rock solid assurance. See the lack of substance is revealed in difficult times. So second, having a deeper knowledge of God and the scriptures stabilizes me during difficult times and you could write that down. Stabilizes me during difficult times. You know, being a Christian doesn't mean there won't be difficult times can I get a witness yeah. Jesus Christ himself said that in John chapter 16 verse 33 the King James Version says I have told you these things so that you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but but take heart I have overcome the world in other words in this life you will go through hardship you will go through difficult times and like I said being a Christian doesn't mean you won't go through difficult times there will be times of opposition there will be times of needs there will be times uh, times where you have to uh, climb a mountain but what does that mean does that mean that God is going to abandon us no God is not going to forsake his people God is not going to abandon his people God has promised to be with his people even until the ends of the earth Praise God. David said though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death I will fear no evil why because you God are with me praise God yes we're gonna go through trying times. yes we're gonna go through tribulation yes we're gonna go through difficulties and I don't think there's a person in this place who hasn't gone through a difficult time but I want to assure you and I want to guarantee you that when you're going through those trying times and those difficult times it is God who allows us It is God who is in us. It is God who is with us that takes us through those trying times and allows us to see His glory revealed through those difficult times. Can I get a witness? You see, God didn't remove, you know, the Egyptians. God didn't remove the Red Sea. You know what He did? Instead, He parted it. You see, sometimes God doesn't remove your problems. He makes a way for them. He'll open doors where doors are closed. He'll make a way where there is no way. And the more you know his word, the more stable you are during difficult times. You know, I remember a time when difficulties drew people to God. You know, when you were going through a problem, you were the most spiritual person in the church. Right? Financial struggles. Or you were at prayer. Husband or spouse left you. Yes, you were the first one here. You sit in the front row. But, but I've learned now over the years that difficult times, trying times, people kind of sway away from these things. The more difficulties that they have, the more they sway away from God. When opposition and difficulties, and testings come our way, I don't give up my faith because I know what God has said. I know what His word has said. When trying times come my way, I am confident in God's word, that as God is going to see me through, that as God is going to bless me, that as God is going to be with me, even though I don't see it at the moment. Right. Because if God is for us, then who can be against us? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. My knowledge of God's word stabilizes me, praise God. And I can stand on solid ground. I can stand on his words amidst the stormy trials. Number three, having a deeper knowledge of God in the scriptures enables me to use the Bible correctly. Yes, you can write that down. Do you know what the you know what's the worst? Uh, you know what's the worst than not knowing the Bible? It's misusing the Bible. You know, I've heard a lot of people quoting the Bible. You know, drunks, they quote the Bible. Oh, Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine. Yeah, hey, man, so let's party up. You know, thieves will misuse the scripture. He's coming like a thief in the night, Well, so am I. Hmm? politicians they use it well Jesus was a politician they they use they misuses the scripture the more knowledge of scriptures deepens me the less likely I'm going to misuse the scripture so forth having a deeper knowledge of God and scripture you can write this down it equips me to detect and confront error now the previous point was about how I use the scripture but but this point is how I how others use the scripture not everyone who calls himself a minister or a teacher or a pastor on social media right our pastors I've heard a lot of people say yeah I, I really like this person but biblically speaking they're just they're just way off and so many Christians they hit that like button. you know a person lacking depth and doctrine and theology is at the mercy of others without defense but when you know what God says when you know sound doctrine it allows you to detect and confront error number five having a deeper knowledge of God and scriptures makes me confident in my walk you know a person who who oscillates or, or a person who is not stable In their walk with Jesus is a person who is minimal or shadow. You know, James says that a double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. The more we sit at his table and eat of his words, the stronger we become in our walk with Jesus Christ. Amen? The more we sit at his table, and right now we are sitting at his table, you know, Hearing of his word. And if there's something that we should be excited about, if there's something that should motivate us to come to church. Now don't, don't misinterpret what I'm saying because all the worship is the worship is great. The songs are great. But what should motivate us to come to church is to hear the word of God. Amen. Is to listen to his word. Yes. Because when we come to listen to his word, it allows me to grow spiritually. It allows a deeper faith in me and to know who God is more and more. You know, I heard a little uh, illustration. That little Johnny kept falling out of the bed at night. And every time he did, he would hurt himself. And he got tired of falling out of bed. And one day his mama told him, well, your problem is you're sleeping near the end of the bed. You need to go deeper into it the deeper you go into it the deeper you go in the harder it will be for you to fall out see the deeper you are into his word the harder it is for you to fall out and some people are asking how close can I be to the world yet be in church how close can I partake of this worldly pleasure and still be in God's presence well, my friend, it doesn't work that way. The Bible tells us, love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. If anyone love the world, the love of God is not in him. You are either a Christian or you're not. They used to say either you're pregnant or you're not, right? Either you are a Christian or you're not a Christian. Either you are a believer or you're not a believer. There are no half Christians in this place. We are either believers, we either believe in God or we don't believe in God. We are either friends of God or enemies of God. There's no halves. Amen. Number 6, having a deeper knowledge of God and scriptures. Filters out my fears and superstitions. You know there are 365 verses in the Bible that tell us not to fear that's one for each day ignorance is a source from which springs fear and superstition but let me tell you that the more you know God the less you will fear the more you know God the less you will fear you don't have to fear your marriage that your marriage won't make it you don't have to fear uh, you don't have to fear your tomorrow you don't have to fear that you don't have enough you don't have to fear that you won't have enough because you know that God is in control of all things and I want to tell you that there is nothing to be afraid of in your life because whatever trouble you face today God was in it before it started and he will see you through until the end the Bible says that he knows the beginning from the end he knows What you want before you even open up your mouth. God is with you from the beginning to the end. And number seven. And I'm finishing with this, brother Mark. Having a deeper knowledge of God and scriptures allows me to disciple others. Now our pastor has been pushing life groups. It's It's a great opportunity to connect with other people and to disciple other people. Jesus Christ called us in Matthew chapter 28. He says, go out to the world and, and make converts. No, he didn't say make converts. He said, go out into the world and make what? Disciples. Disciples. That's what God has called us to do. Well, you might say, well, I don't have the words or, or I, I'm not really a, a talker like Pastor Nestor You don't have to be God has not called you to be a talker God has called you to make disciples it is a commandment of God and the deeper you know God and Scripture the deeper you will have the opportunity to speak to others about God and a deeper knowledge of God and scriptures as pastor Nestor says is the difference between raising kids and discipling kids and he told us this last week he said that it's it's one thing for kids to grow up in the church and it's another thing for them to grow up in Christ
0: Amen.
1: and I like what he said he said it's easier to raise strong kids than to fix broken adults Amen. nothing we can study will ever be a greater effect in our lives than the impact of God's Word in our lives.
0: We hope you enjoyed this message, but before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations! If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.